invite you to take a look at the back of the church. I have to say, I love that we have caution tape across the back of the church. I think there's some rich symbolism there. I especially love this caution tape near this ladder heading up to where normally we have the resurrection window, but now shrouded in clouds. It's very kind of biblical. There's an ancient mystical text called the Ladder of Divine Ascent. As you ascend to the mind of Christ, and we kind of have a visual display of it here. And depictions of this ladder will actually show people sort of falling off at various stages of the ladder as they, uh, you know, in their sin, they fall off the way to God. So, uh, caution. Think about what you're getting yourself into here. Our church building seems to say this morning. I especially love that we have caution tape in the church this morning for these two readings because caution tape is perfect for both of the readings we heard today. The reading from James is a word of caution about the tongue, about the damage that can be caused by such a small part of the body. The tongue is a small member, but it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. I think most of us in California can uh, relate to that phrase about forests set afire over the last couple years. I recently drove uh, back here after dropping our son off from college, and when we drove from Shasta down into Redding, there was so much smoke from a spreading fire, the visibility was terrible. It felt like, you know, it was right there. You were kind of living, living in it. So we have seen the destruction that a small fire can end up causing. The verse I just read has a very important history here at St. John's because the King James Version of the second half of verse 5 is engraved over the fireplace in the fireside room of the parish hall right over there. Over the fireplace it says, Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. But it's just the second half of the verse. Shortly after I started here, I had some colleagues meeting here, and we were in the fireside room, and a fellow priest said to me that... um, that verse doesn't really mean what whoever put it there thinks it means. (laughs) Or, I thought, maybe whoever was designing the parish hall was being very clever during its construction. And since it was a bit more biblically literate time, even for Episcopalians, thought to put a sort of permanent caution tape over the fireside room 
where the most important meetings of the church would take place. We still hold our vestry meetings and many other meetings and gatherings in that room. The quote looks like a nice phrase about a beautiful, warm fireplace, but it is actually a word of caution about how you use your tongue when meeting in community in that room. In the history of St. John's, and some of you sitting here know this better than I do, in the history of St. John's, great matters have arisen because of little fires spoken at meetings in that room. So far as I know, they have all been put out. The James passage today is uh, a word for today. It is speaking to our present situation. James says that with our tongues we, quote, bless the Lord and curse those made in the image of God. What a perfect description of the state of civil discourse in our country today. All curse and so little blessing. As I was working on this sermon yesterday, I actually decided that I was going to delete the Twitter app from my phone. (laughs) Because I realized I wasn't really happy with my virtual tongue on Twitter. I'm not going to quit Twitter but I realized that having it on my phone was like walking around with a box of matches looking to start fires or join in fires or opening Twitter up and saying, why am I standing in the middle of this fire? I don't need to do this. So we have a reminder today in James about the custody of our tongues, about being cautious in the way we communicate with each other in verbal interactions, on social media, in email, to be mindful of how a phrase that we say may have unintended damage, and to be especially mindful and resistant to language from the tongue that is actually intended to set a forest ablaze. We're being told to be cautious about that and to resist that impulse. Now there's a slightly different form of caution tape wrapped around the reading from the Gospel of Mark today. Jesus says to the disciples, who do people say that I am? Of course, that's just to set up the disciples for Jesus to ask them the question, but who do you say that I am? And we have the confession of Peter, the first confession of Jesus as the Messiah, meaning the anointed one. 
But when Jesus then tells the disciples what it means for him to be the anointed one, Peter's reaction is like, uh, nah, nah. No, 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 no. And he rebukes Jesus, which prompts the famous line, Get behind me, Satan. You are setting your mind on human things, not on divine things. Peter has made Jesus into who Peter needs and wants him to be. Peter has shaped Jesus in Peter's image. There's a Jesuit priest who had a great line that Anne Lamott quoted, and um, it took off, and now everyone thinks Anne Lamott actually said it, even though she keeps trying to tell people I was quoting this Jesuit. But this Jesuit priest said, you know you have created God in your own image when God hates all the same people you do. Jesus is asking each of us, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And here, as you begin the latter, is the caution tape saying, be careful how you answer this question. professor of biblical preaching named Caroline Lewis says that the question, who do you say that I am, is at the same time the question, who will you say that you are? It is at the same time both questions. She writes, who you say Jesus is, is who you have decided to be. You can't answer Jesus' inquiry without revealing who you have decided to be. Or switched around, who you are reveals who you have decided Jesus to be. Jesus' question is not a test. It's not about getting the answer right. It's the moment when you come face to face with your own commitment your own discipleship, your own identity. It's the moment when you have to admit that the extent to which you follow Jesus is connected to who you believe Jesus to be. Who you say Jesus is is who you have decided to be. Who have you decided to be? Have you decided? Because not to decide is to decide or to let other people decide for you. Who do other people say you are? To take up your cross and follow Jesus is to take down the caution tape you put up for yourself and risk 
being known for what you believe.